This is Terry Scott, and today's title is Intro to Deliverance and Binding Divination for the Believer. Part 1 Today we'll talk about a deliverance prayer, a little bit about what deliverance is, especially having to do with divination, to bind and cast out the spirit of divination and loose the gifts of the spirit. Now I'm not going to say that I'm an expert, but I bring this information to my fellow believers in Christ to help equip them to be brave and courageous do great things for God, and bring others into His kingdom. Demons may not live in a Christian spirit or soul, but they can live in the body. Those are three parts of a person. And they can also live on the body and in the home or around the body. So first of all, there is a caution. We need to pray for protection. I do this when I'm researching and bringing this information to you, the listener, before we get started, I need to pray protection over you, the listener, because as I present this material to you, on the inside, sometimes we have our carnal nature wants to get more involved in the occult. For instance, if you talk about the occult without having the blood over the conversation, there is the temptation possibility of somebody saying hey I want to delve into this the reason why people are leaving the faith today is because they see all of the fantastic types of things that are going on in the spiritual world from the satanic side of things but they're not aware of all of the great things and miracles that one has and should be using with their authority in Christ as a Christian. So let's go ahead and pray before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those listening today that they will get something from this and will be equipped to cast out demons, cast out oppression in their own life as a believer and to use this information to be able to cast out and bind Satan in others and also Lord I pray for myself that I bring the right words in the right way as to how you would want me to do so so please bless this time in Jesus name Amen so there is a caution also what that is is that we never should cast out a demon if you he or she are not a Christian because you he or she may get worse in Matthew 12, 43-45, it states, When a spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. 
Then it says, "I will return to the house I left." When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied by the Holy Spirit, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Now, in deliverance prayers, these prayers should be said out loud. As we read scripture, we should speak it out loud too. But these prayers, you can speak them out loud in the privacy of your car, your bathroom, your closet, your bedroom, backyard, prison cell, anywhere. Get in the habit of praying out loud to the Lord. Now also notice when we do get to the deliverance prayer that these are spoken commands to the enemy in the name of Jesus. These are not requests to Jesus or to God. You are using your authority to cast out demons. So we'll talk about a deliverance prayer down the road in our session today. And I will share 10 verses that we will actually discuss in later sessions. There's also a PDF available for you to print, and then you can cut out and use them. So anyway, though, let's get back to today. We're going to be talking about deliverance for divination for the Christian, which may seem a little odd. Some people don't know that we can be oppressed and affected by demons and demonry and also evil spirits. And it happens all around us, in our home, when we leave our home. So we need to be protected. As a Christian, yes, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but we are not immune to the effects of things around us. Well, we can be, though, when we accept Christ, first of all, and that's very important. When we confess and accept and also confess the blood of Jesus around us. Now, according to Dr. Robinson, Jerry Robinson, in his book, Strong Man's His Name, What's His Game? It says that he has 16 biblically named demonic spirits. I'm just going to state them really quickly. I've actually found 17. There's no particular order. Familiar spirit, spirit of jealousy, lying spirit, perverse spirit, spirit of haughtiness, spirit of heaviness, spirit of whoredoms, spirit of infirmity, deaf and dumb spirit, spirit of bondage, spirit of fear, seducing spirits, spirit of antichrist, spirit of error, the spirit of poverty, and the spirit of death. So let's look at what scriptural prescription that we can have for deliverance eviction and also the restoration of a bound oppressed person. Now, this information you can use and should use for yourself to get your own house in order. Later, you can use the same information to deliver and evict evil spirits and restore a bound oppressed person. But remember, they have to want to be released of this. And also, they should be a Christian. So in his book, he lists the principality and that underlies the activities of that spirit. He also lists, and I'm talking about Jerry Robinson, R-O-B-I-S-O-N, as to what to do to bind and what to lose, replacing it with the fruits of the spirit. 
and our positive thoughts, not just positive, but godly and biblical thoughts that the Bible talks about. Again, because when you clean a demon out of a person, they must be filled up so that the devil won't come back and find that person empty and make it seven times worse. So the spirit of divination, once when they were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. There could be a complete sermon just from these three, four verses. They were going to the place of prayer. And a lot of times when you go to the place of prayer, that's when Satan is the most earnest to stop that. Well, they were met by a female slave. Now, it's interesting. She was a slave, probably as we know of a slave being a slave, a servant to another. She was also a slave to Satan because she had a spirit, but she was able to predict the future. We're going to talk a little bit about satanic people, people who worship Satan, who can predict the future. And that is true. They can predict the future, but they are not all-knowing. Satan is not all-knowing. He knows a little bit. So what happens is, is he may know half of the future. But what happens also is that he tells you the wrong half. But anyway, she predicted the future, and she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. So she followed Paul and the rest of us, and they shouted, or she shouted that these men are servants of the Most High. She was telling the truth. She kept it up for many days, and finally Paul said, basically, get thee behind me, Satan. He stated, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And immediately, the spirit left her. Well, of course, it goes on to state that her boss, her owner, was not happy because they lost money on that. So how does that apply to some of the things going on today? Follow the money, right? So let's talk about manifestations and, and who and how they, they come about. I'm going to share some of the, the people, the types of people that are Satanist and, and related to all of this, divinators basically, not so that you get interested necessarily to find out more about that. However, it is good to know about these things. And again, I I wish for you that you pray earnestly before you really delve into just finding out about these things. But we're going to talk about what types of people, definition, and then also how and why you should stay away from this. Now, a fortune teller is also known as a soothsayer or someone who claims to be able to predict the future. Long ago, a soothsayer might have been considered a useful consultant, even for a government, but today's soothsayers are more likely to be scoffed at. That's Google's definition. I say, really? Famous people who use psychics. We'll just take a quick look at that. Through history, we have Ronald Reagan. We have Washington, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin D. Roosevelt. And again, it may seem like 
that was a while ago, but they, they did. They used astrology. Nancy Reagan tried to cover up her use of clairvoyance. See, President Reagan had his schedule helped with an astrologer. It doesn't necessarily make these people bad people, but they weren't going their correct direction. And we have the same thing. How many times have you, as the, the listener, have you gone to a fortune teller or have do you know of a friend that has? It's pretty common out there. We see movies about it. When you do that, what happens is these are all doors that we're allowing Satan to come in into our our life into our body, into our environment. And then there's the warlock, Satanist, witch, Wiccan, Druid, Pagan. A warlock is a man who practices witchcraft. He's a wizard or sorcerer. Of course, we've seen this on and in books and movies for Harry Potter. It makes it look very interesting and fun, but it isn't. Not in the end. A Satanist is a person who worships Satan and it's interesting if you interview a Satanist and ask him questions or her questions such as, is there a God? Do you believe in God? And they say yes and yes, because they believe Satan is God. A witch is a person thought to have magical powers, especially evil ones, popularly depicted as a woman wearing a black cloak and pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. I know it sounds fantastic. We're close to the Halloween holiday. And so we'll see decorations of such things. And it's interesting how we have really just normalized it to the point where so many people believe that Halloween is a harmless, kind of a fun gathering. However, it's not. And it's, it's almost like a sacred cow because people have grown up with it and having fun trick-or-treating and that sort of thing but what's interesting is is that this is a satanic holiday it's actually his biggest holiday and he it's interesting how he is able to have christians and and just people who are let's say they're on their on the fence because they have been born in this evil world but they're not a Christian, they're not actually living for Satan, but by default, they're not living for God. These people celebrate Halloween, and then in November, we give Thanksgiving. Give Thanksgiving to God. I don't know where we're giving our thanks to if we're not a Christian. Wiccan is related to Wicca, and that's a form of modern paganism. We'll talk about paganism in a moment. The Wiccan services are planned in connection with the phases of the moon. And a follower or practitioner of Wicca, it's a form of modern paganism. And some Wiccans practice in covens and some are solo. So let's not pass by the term paganism. That's a religion other than one of the main world religions, specifically a non-Christian or a pre-Christian religion. And we've probably heard about being converted from paganism to Christianity. And it's a modern religious movement. It incorporates beliefs or practices from outside the main world religions, but get this, especially nature worship. And today, are we worshiping nature? When you're talking about 
mother nature and you're talking about saving the planet and you're talking about global warming and all of that sort of thing and basically what you're talking about is is decreasing the population so that the earth is able to be saved modern paganism includes a respect for mother earth religious practice involving magic and affinity with nature usually with a pagan tradition bewitching or fascinating attraction or charm and paganism is on the rise a druid is a priest a magician or a soothsayer in the ancient celtic religion you can be a member of a present-day group claiming to represent or to be derived from that religion a druidist they weren't necessarily wives of druids but their females possessed with druidical powers and being often young and fair yes some names of druidesses have been preserved and well-known ones and i can't even pronounce their name necessarily i think it's gail chasik or casa it's a white-legged of inazoven donakil and she has a grave that's still pointed out to visitors when you visit ireland now a stargazer zodiac well a stargazer is an astronomer or astrologer now get that an astronomer well a study of stars and all of that when the birth of jesus happened there were people that studied the stars and that's how they they knew that jesus was born they followed that star so there are good things about astronomy and the study as long as it doesn't become an idol or it's not done for the wrong reason but today definitely things are done for the wrong reason and it has been for years and years and years since the beginning of of satan the great fall and taking one-third of the angels and also the fall of adam and eve but astrology this is a belt of heavens within about eight degrees either side of the elliptic including all apparent positions of the sun moon and most familiar planets it is divided into 12 equal divisions or signs aries taurus gemini cancer leo virgo libra scorpio sagittarius capricorn aquarius and pisces and i'm sure we all know about what our sign is but hopefully we don't give it any credence such as with horoscopes this is a forecast of a person's future typically including a delineation of character and circumstances based on the relative position of the stars and the planets at the time of that person's birth it's a short forecast for people born under a particular sign and it was before published in newspapers and magazines now it's online of course having to do with a birth chart and that sort of thing now again i've mentioned it already that satan knows some of the future he knows what his future is going to be but he knows some of your future and also as we speak things negatively or positively be careful about what you speak because satan cannot read your mind so you keep it inside do not speak it because that's how he gets a lot of his information rebellion now this is pretty amazing you may not think of rebellion as kind of a major thing but yes and and we can read about that in the bible too but think about this satan rebelled 
people rebelled against God, we still do, and children rebel against parents. We even rebel against godly authority. And we do have authority on this earth, I mean, as far as following governments, as long as they follow godly authority. An act of violent or open resistance to an established government or ruler is what rebellion is all about. But we have to think about this. God is our king. And in the line of things, we have God, we have man, we have wife, we have children. So as long as we can stay within that divine order, we'll do much better. Now, what's so bad about a hypnotist? A a hypnotist is a person who carries out hypnosis, either for medical reasons or for entertainment. But a hypnotist is actually an enchanter. What is an enchanter? A person who uses magic or sorcery, especially to put someone or something under a spell. When you are going to what you think is a harmless, entertaining hypnotist, you are being put under a spell. If you're trying to quit smoking through the use or getting rid of an addiction or eating too much or whatever, you're being put under a spell. And so what else is happening with that spell? It's not just not smoking, but there's other things in there too. I don't know, maybe there's even a demon inside of you that is repelling you from smoking. But by doing so, you're also open to other things. Now, here's something. A spirit of drugs, pharmacos. Well, pharmacos is drugs. Pharmakia is the use of administering those drugs. Also, poisoning is part of that definition. Sorcery, magic arts often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it, that's pharmakia. Oh, by the way, does that sound familiar? Pharmacy, that's where that word comes from. Metaphorically, the deceptions and seductions of idolatry. This next one is specifically divination, but it's also called water witching. You may not have heard that recently. That's what it used to be called, and people still call it that. But water witching or dowsing is a type of divination. It's employed in attempts to locate groundwater. But guess what? That may be how you've heard of it. And you think about the person that has the, they cut off a a twig that has kind of like, it, it looks like a V at the end of a twig and you run it across the ground and as it dips, that's where you're going to find water. It's like a metal detector, but it's not. It's a natural kind of a thing, but really it's a supernatural thing. You can also find buried metals or ores, gemstones, oil, claimed radiations, even grave sites malign earth vibrations, and also many other objects and materials without the use of a science type of an apparatus, such as a metal detector. But divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural powers. So what you're doing is you're seeking knowledge. Where is a great vein of water? And where is my watch that I lost out in this field? that sort of thing. Where's this wedding ring that I lost? It's seeking knowledge of the future by unknown or the unknown by supernatural means. But guess what? It isn't supernatural means via God. 
instead of going when we're sick or when we're looking for something, if we've lost a watch or a ring or it, we even want to find out the best place to drill a well on our farm, we should not be using water witching or dousing. What should we be using? Prayer. Pray to God. Say, God, take me here. That's called a spirit, or I mean, that's called a word of knowledge. And you can get that from God. There are many ways to divine or divinate. Fortune telling, divining, foretelling the future, forecasting the future, prophecy, prediction, soothsaying, augury. And that's a sign of what will happen in the future. It's, it's an omen. They heard the sound of an augury of death. So the work of an augur, by the way, that's the interpretation of omens. It's the practice from ancient Roman religion of interpreting omens from the observed behavior of birds, which is interesting. When, when the individual known as the augur interprets these signs, it is referred to as taking the auspices. Clairvoyance, we've all heard about that. There are books on that. There are great clairvoyance in the past. Not really great, but greatly known. And anyway, that's the supposed faculty of perceiving things or events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact, meaning beyond what we can touch and see and that sort of thing with our five senses. So related to similar things such as second sight, you may not have heard that before, psychic powers, ESP, extrasensory perception, sixth sense, and telepathy. So what is second sight? That's the supposed ability to perceive future or distant events, clairvoyance. And all of this is about divination. What is vaticination? Well, that's something foretold. It's a prediction. It's the act of prophesying. When you are water witching, dousing, and divining, you are predicting where there is water or those other things that I've mentioned. Sortilage. This is the practice of foretelling the future from a card or other item drawn at random from a collection. So are magic tricks, card tricks, harmful? Pick a card, any card, probably have heard that. Well, many times, obviously these are illusions because of, of how the cards are laid out and those sort of things, they can find your card. And some of these illusions are really terrific. I mean, terrific, meaning that they're, they're fascinating. You're, you're trying to think about how did that happen? But the practice of foretelling the future from a card is pretty much like a tarot card kind of a thing. There are people who are Christian magicians. And I think, again, we need to be really careful about this because are our actions causing somebody else to stumble? So we really need to pray about this. If you're a magician, a Christian magician, we need to think about that. Are we leading people to stumble? Are we opening the door to satanic influences? So please think about that. Now, auspication. The definition of being auspicious is to indicate in advance as though by an omen to initiate or enter upon, especially under circumstance or with a procedure, such as drinking a toast, calculated to ensure prosperity and good luck. For instance, with a cocktail, making a toast. And what that does is, we're presuming upon the future. We're saying, good prosperity. We wish people prosperity, that's a good thing. We don't even realize what we're doing with these things that over time have slipped in. But 
We're actually presuming upon the future. We're saying good luck as if it was our ability to give luck and prosperity. But it's all that really is, is up to God. What we could say is God's best for you or God's speed, that sort of thing. We, we shouldn't be doing it as a toast because that's auspication. And related, magic, sorcery, witchcraft, witchery, and spell working. So that is the end of part one. Please return for part two. And please subscribe. Click any links that I have because there's some, some informational type things and some products and that sort of thing. That helps to support this ministry. And again, if you like what you've listened to, please leave your comments and I'm glad to be able to help you. If you have any questions, if I've helped you in any way, please let me know. So again, come back to part two and I look forward to chatting with you again. Bye for now.